Welcome to Blessings in Christ. I'm Scott Roberts. We are also the Church of Christ. Our lesson today is by Brother Joey Fox from Beattyville, Kentucky. He's bringing us a two-part lesson on there's only one way to heaven. And in the world today, especially with all of the denominations and different ideas and the commandments and doctrines of men, the world thinks that there are many different ways that we can make it to heaven uh, and to take man's way over God's way. But my friend, there is only one way. And Jesus said, No man cometh to the Father but by me. And of course, the gospel, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He does a wonderful two-part lesson on there's only one way. And can we just use our Bibles as the roadmap to heaven? We hope that you enjoy the lesson today. And please like us on Facebook. trip, I'd print out a map 
uh, from the internet or nowadays you can get on your phone and bring it up and it'll guide you wherever you want to go for the most part. There is some error to it. In a place where it says that a street is there and it don't exist or it's a one-way street or something like that. But oftentimes the Bible has been spoken of as a roadmap. I remember a song of old time that the country gentleman used to sing it said, I'm using my Bible as a roadmap. There'll be no detours in heaven, no rough roads along the way. I'm using my Bible as a roadmap. You know, that's not true, really, if you listen to it. There'll be no rough roads along the way, yet there is rough roads along the way. That and in heaven, yeah, there shouldn't be no detours. We're going to be there eternally. But there is detours that we can take along the way. You get out here on the road, you know, uh, if you are driving on 75 coming south towards Richmond, out of Lexington, there's big signs up uh, starting today. There's going to be construction. Uh, construction right around the Clay Strike Bridge there in, in Richmond and Lexington. And there's likely a detour, some way, other way that you can go. And if you come to my house, there's about three or four different ways that you can come to my house. Uh, usually, mom and dad and them go one way, but I've got three or four that I know that I can go. But in, in God's way of looking, there ain't but one way. One way, His way. We use this as our guide. If you turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13 and 14, it says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. But because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. There's going to be few friends that find this way, this straight and narrow way. And we've talked about it in many, many of our lessons. That straight doesn't mean it's just a straight shot, like walking down the aisle here, out the door, is a straight. No, that means it's going to be difficult. It's going to be hard. But we can get in that broad way. It's a wide way. And do whatever we would like to do. The Lord would have us to do His will. But us, we can do whatever we would like. But if we have planned to make it to life after this with the Lord and be in heaven, we'll follow that straight and narrow way. In John chapter 14 and verse 4 through 6, it says, And whether I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? And Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Only by him are we going to make it to that straight and narrow way. That straight way. That's the only way. So I thought about it like this. You know, I've done a little picture and a lot of us may not obey. There's this thing that we look at every day. If you're traveling on the road, 
There's one of these somewhere that you're going to encounter. It's got a green, a yellow, and a red most of the time. So that's how I'm going to use this roadmap this morning. We're going to look at this, this stoplight, so to speak. So we're going to start with the go. Well, there's a lot of goes in the Bible, and we're going to talk about several of them. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7 through 10, it says, By faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in a land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which had foundations, whose builder and maker is God. He went out not knowing where he was going. Not knowing. But he went anyway, because he was commanded to do so. The Lord told him to know. Noah built an ark to the saving of his house. He moved with fear. Moved. He was on the go. He didn't wait. He did exactly what he was asked to do. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28 through 30, it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lonely in heart. And ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We have to come to Him. We have to go. We can't just wait. We just have, have to go. He wants us to come unto Him. He's the one that is asking us to do it. In His Word, He's asking us to come to Him. To go where He is. Matthew chapter 28 in verse 18 through 20, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. You think about this. These apostles, the disciples, had been with Jesus. They had seen the miracles that we talked about this morning in Bible study. The things that He was able to do. The healing of the sick, the lame, the dumb, uh, and, and taking the devils out of those people. Speaking and asking them to come out. And they came out. And He says from here to go, therefore, and teach all nations. They went, just like he asked them to do. He said, go, we have to go. And then in Mark chapter 16 and verse 15 and 16, it says, And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned. He asked them to go again here and preach the word. We have to preach the word. We have to tell people what 
this roadmap will lead us to. In Acts the 17th chapter, in verse 27 and 28, it said that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after Him and find Him, though He be not far from every one of us. For in Him we live and move and have our being, as certain of our own prophets have said, have said, for we are also His offspring. If we're doing what the Lord said, He's not far from any one of us. If we'll just obey, He'll be with us. He'll be right there with us. I know we've made that analogy several times that uh, there used to be a picture in Aunt Sunderman's house somewhere. I don't remember where it was, but it had footsteps in the sand. And there was only one set. That one set went through the sand. That's how we should be with the Lord. We should be following in His footsteps. Not veering off one way or the other. And we'll, we'll get to more of that here in just a minute. And look at it. We, in Him we live and move and have our being. We would be nothing without what Christ has done for us. What the Lord has done for us. In Revelation chapter 3 and verse 1 through 3 it says, Unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things saith he that hath the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know thy works and that thou hast a name that thou livest and art dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. Remember therefore how thou hast received and heard and hold fast and repent. If therefore thou shalt not watch, I will come on thee as a thief. And thou shalt not know what hour I will come upon thee. He's going to come. He's coming. He, he knows the hour. He knows the day when He's going to come. But He's going to come upon us if we're not doing what He says. We better be watchful. We better be going. We better be doing the things that He's asked us to do. There in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 17 it says, And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that hears say come. And let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. You know, there's a lot mentioned in this world about what's free. And what, what is free. They'll tell you that buy, buy this one, buy two of these and you'll get this other one free. Well, you think about it. If I pay for two and the price is twice as high, I'm probably paying for four instead of getting three. You know, that's the way the world works. But the Lord says, take of this water freely. He, if we be baptized with Him in this water and come up a new creature, we're part of His family. We're joint heirs with Christ. And He says, that water is free. It's the only thing in this life that is free is to be a member of His church. All we got to do is obey. There's nothing nothing to purchase, so to speak. There's a lot of people out in the world that want you to purchase your, your salvation by giving money, yes. But we don't have to purchase that. He purchased it for us. All we have to do is obey. Go. We got to be on the go. Well, some other parts 
in this lot that we have here is the yield. And I must confess, I don't yield as often as I ought to, and they certainly in this crowd that I ride with sometimes that kind of make it through those yields pretty fast too. But I won't mention no names. But, um, you know, that's how it works. We have to go, but then when it turns yellow, we should be holding up. Hold up. Well, we're going to talk about that a little bit too. In Romans chapter 6 and verse 12 through 18, it says, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then shall we sin? Because we are not under the law, but under grace, God forbid. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin and have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. Whatever we yield ourselves to, that's who we obey. If we don't do all that Christ and God has laid out for us in this roadmap to do, we're yielding ourselves to Satan. We're uh, sin, sin is in our bodies. We got to get that out of our bodies. We need to yield our members to Him, to God, and let that sin not have dominion over us. Not have dominion over us. Then in Hebrews chapter twelve and verse nine through eleven, it says, "Furthermore." We have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us and have give, gave, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and live? For verily, for they verily for a few days chasten us after their own pleasure, but he for our profit that we might be partakers of His holiness. Now, no chastising for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. What does it yield? This is, this is what the gospel will yield if we do what it says. Now, I'll grant you that when I got pulled by dad, it was grievous for him. It hurt me a whole lot. I know that. And the kids the same way. When we chastise them, they'll, you know, bounce off and stomp off or whatever you want to say. But after a while, it yields that peaceable fruit that he's asking for, that we're looking for in this roadmap. We're yielding the things that he would have us to do. It's Grievous, but it's necessary to yield righteousness that were exercised thereby. Then the last thing on this yielding is 
Matthew chapter 26 and verse 40 and 41. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my Father, if this, this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. You know, looking here, his disciples, they were weak. They went to sleep. We can't go to sleep on this gospel. We need to be yielding unto it. And we better watch and pray. Be awake and on the go. We have to be looking for that blessed hope that is to come. Our flesh is weak a lot of times. But we need to prepare our minds for that. That we'll be strong in the faith. Now the next one is that big red dot at the bottom. I know it, it's a white chalk mark, but in the world, it's a red red sign. Just like a stop sign out here, it means to stop. So we're going to look at that too. In Exodus chapter 14 and verse 13, it says, And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show to you today, for the Egyptians whom ye have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. This talking of Moses and bringing the children of Israel out, he said to stand still. What's that mean? Let's stop and see what the Lord, the salvation of the Lord. Are we looking for the salvation of the Lord? Are we stopping to think about what this roadmap has to offer? In Psalms chapter 4 and verse 3 and 4 it says, But know that the Lord has set apart him that is godly for himself. The Lord will hear when I call unto him. Stand in awe and sin not. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Shalom. He says to stand in awe, but we have to sin not. If we're going to stand in awe of the Lord, we better not be sinning. Stop and think about what we're doing. In Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 16 through 18, it says, Wash you, make you clean, put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the father, fatherless, plead for the widows, come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as a bull. He says to cease to do evil. we got to stop doing evil. And learn to do well. How do we learn to do well? We pick up this roadmap and we use it. We thumb through it and we, we look at the scriptures and we rightly divide it to our lives and do that which he has asked us to do. Some other here is first Peter chapter four, verse one and two. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind, 
For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer shall live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. We have to no longer live the rest of our time in the flesh. We have to put on a godly mind. I know that's a very difficult thing to do in this world, in this day and age, to put on a, a godly mind because there's so much worldliness around us. Sometimes I've often thought before I began preaching that it was, I couldn't do it because I felt a lot like, like Lot did. I felt like my soul was vexed by the sins that was around me. But then I got to thinking, the only way to get out of that is to bring it out and to let others know what they're supposed to do. That's the only way to get past that and to cease from sin. We're going to have sin, but the thing is we have to repent and turn from those things and do our best not to do them again and to turn to God. Some other things on stop is, let me make sure I got my wording here. In Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 26 and 27, it says, Ponder the path of thy feet, and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand, nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. We have to remove our foot from evil and refrain from those things that are wrong. Ponder our paths. Do we stop and think about what we're going to, how we're going to accomplish the things that we should for the Lord? We spend so much time in this world of how we're going to accomplish get up like I did yesterday. How am I going to accomplish getting Dylan's car fixed and going to help with some Boy Scout stuff and then getting back to the house and working on this and doing the next thing? We spend so much time laying out a schedule. But do we ponder our salvation? Do we ponder how we're going to do that? Stop and think about what we're going to do. Some others here is Psalms chapter 119 and 101. It says, I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. He, said, he says here that he refrained his feet from every evil way. Again, that's hard to do. But we must refrain our feet from every evil way to keep the Word.